this morning. Everybody doing okay? Come on, church. Are you doing okay this morning? Awesome. Awesome. I, uh, I'm excited about Heart for the House. I'm excited to share this morning. Also, if you're here for the very first time, come on, huge hand. Everybody who's here for the first time watching online. Hey, let's all pray together. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. God, that you would speak to our hearts. Father, we're praying that. God, while we're here this morning, God, that our hearts will be open to you. Our minds will be open to you. Our ears will be open to you. Father, we're praying that this morning would not just be another Sunday. Father, we're praying this morning would be something that would sink deep into our heart. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name for every single person in this room. God, enlarge our vision. Enlarge, God, our heart for what you have for this house, this church. And Father, I'm praying that anybody coming in this morning, Father, anybody watching online right now, feeling like they've got weight on their shoulder. Father, I pray you would remove that weight. Father, that you would bring, God, your peace, your goodness. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said, in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Hey, I, I want to um, talk a little bit about this idea, um, kind of starting with our Heart for the House series. Uh, if you would, turn to Acts chapter 16. We'll get there in just a second. Um, Heart for the House is always a very special time for our church. Uh, if you're newer to our church and newer to the page of our church, understand that uh, there is, um, there's this moment that we take every year where uh, we accelerate the vision that God has for our church. And, and how that ha happens is we come together and give an offering above and beyond our normal tithes and offerings. Uh, and, and all collectively we come together and uh, we take this moment uh, in just a couple of weeks that we're going to receive this offering. And we believe that God accelerates the vision of the church because uh, we don't want to just be a being church. We want to be a, a doing church, okay? Like we're actually moving and, and, and we're actually going towards something. Come on, right? We're not just here just in the walls, but we want to actually go outside of these walls. And so we have vision for that. So we're going to be, uh, there, there's going to be tons of different things that we're going to be doing with this offering, uh, we're going to be reaching to the next generation, and so we're going to be having uh, just great things for our youth and kids, also with our community, with our church, and our uh, and different things that we do with our small groups and ministries with men and women. We're going to be doing more of that stuff next year, which is going to be incredible. We're also going to be reaching out uh, to a lot of families right here in Broken Arrow and beyond and working with the school system in that area. We're also, uh, there's uh, going to be, I'm really excited about this. We're going to be helping some missionary families in Honduras and also in Guatemala. So that's going to be incredible. Uh, here's one that's really exciting. Uh, we're going to be starting as a church, we're going to be starting a adoption grant fund for people who want to adopt. Uh, if you didn't know, Adoption is super expensive. And so we as a church, we, we want to start something that will help uh, mitigate some of those uh, funds and some of those uh, expenses. And so come on, church. This is what you get to be a part of. So just in a couple weeks, we're going to be uh, kicking this off with our Heart for the House offering. I, I, I'm just 
so jazzed about all of this. We're going to see so many uh, things and so many people come to know God. Um, Acts chapter 16, verse 9, uh, really uh, amazing story about Paul. He's starting, this is when uh, so many new churches were birthed just because of this vision. That night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Everything starts with a dream, right? Come on, church. Everything starts with a dream. You, you just didn't wake up and get married once. You, you had a dream at some point, like, it would be nice to not be alone. Maybe somebody would say, yes to me, let's go, you know, let's, let's go on a date. Let it start with a dream, you know. This, there was a dream. Uh, businesses are started with dreams. Somebody, somebody uh, thought, oh, this would be a good dream to have. Uh, nations were started with dreams. Somebody decided, okay, this, let's have a new nation. They, they were started with a dream. Churches were started with dreams. Friendships are started with dreams uh, because you want to have good relationships. Come on, everything starts with a vision and a dream. In fact, some of you right now have vision dream for lunch. You're like, Dude, when he gets done, I'm going to chow down. You got to, right? It just started, you know, right now. It maybe not started, but now that I said it, now you're like, what am I going to have for lunch this moment? Uh, everything starts with a vision and a dream. Everything starts with something in, in, in our heads and our hearts that uh, maybe was there a, uh, by, you know, some happenstance or maybe, just maybe, God put that in your heart. God put that in your soul. God put that in your head. And God gave you that vision and that dream. Everything starts with a dream. And, and, but I, I'm, I'm talking about this because we live in a culture that celebrates a lot more of the making of the dream instead of just having the dream. There's a lot more celebration when you get to the end of the dream and it's actually done than actually dreamers at the very beginning. Real, come on, no one celebrated Elon Musk when he was in a foreclosure over his house, had personal loans so he could eat. No, some of you didn't know this, but Tesla was tanking, SpaceX was tanking, and everybody's looking at him as a has-been who tried to create some stuff that the world wasn't ready for, and everybody was kind of pointing, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, now they're clapping that he's the richest man in the world by billions and billions they clap for him, but because we live in a culture that celebrates once the dream is done, not when the dream starts. And so what that does is that will keep a lot of people from dreaming. That will keep a lot of people from opening up and living a life larger than they live right now. And I want to let you know that God has a dream for you and a God has a vision for you. And God has a dream for your family. God has a dream for your marriage. God has a vision for your life right now. And even though you have stopped dreaming, God hasn't stopped dreaming for you. That God has something on the in your future and it's good and it's awesome. And you can actually have uh, faith in that future for some of you have decided to stop dreaming and I'm trying to wake up that dream on the inside of you because nothing starts without a dream. And nothing starts without you start thinking, oh, things could get better. Things could get, uh, oh, wow, what if God did this? What if, what if God did that? 
I'm, I'm so thankful for people that have uh, kept dreams alive in front of me. I, I realized that Paul had this dream that God had put inside of him, and so they acted on it. And they jumped out and like, okay, let's go. That same chapter, chapter 16, finds Paul and Silas in trouble very quickly. They get in trouble. They get to Philippi and they get in trouble. And in, and, and so much trouble, in fact, they're thrown into jail. And I don't know if you've ever felt like the dream that God gave you was wrong. After you got, come on, everybody, you can talk back to me. It's okay. You, 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 you can act like I'm not the only one in the room that's felt like my dream is not the right dream. Come on, any, anybody ever felt like, oh, I thought God told me to do this, but nope. And you usually feel like that when you're in jail. <laughs> okay. No one ever has a dream of being in jail, just so you know. Well, maybe, but that would be weird. Uh, you know, like, uh, do you ever think Paul and Silas were like, God, why this? I had the dream that you said to come over and help, and now I'm stuck. And so, some of us stop dreaming at the jail part. We We... We get into survival mode. Can I tell you that survival mode is one of the biggest poisons to dreaming? Where you start just trying to get through something instead of believing that the dream can still happen. But I love what Paul and Silas did. They didn't, they didn't fight amongst themselves. They didn't get mad at each other. What did the Bible say in verse uh, 25? It says around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing. I wish I had that kind of faith. When I get stuck in jail, I'm not going to be praying and singing. I'm going to be scheming. I'm going to be calling somebody. I'm going to be like, where's, I got to get a lawyer. I got I, this is unjust. Why am I in this? But I'm a Roman citizen. They, they didn't even give me a try. Man, I'm going to get somebody, you know, like, uh, oh, no. That's somebody who still believes the dream. And when you still believe the dream, you're singing. You're praying. You're saying, God, thank you. And you know what? Not just that other prisoners were what? listening. There are people that are hurting around you that need your worship. Church, come on. There are people around you that are hurting that need your worship. Stop sitting on your hands. Stop being quiet and only thinking about how good God is and open up your mouth and lift up your hands because there's other people who need what you have. There are other people that are going to be spurned on by the God dream in their heart because they see you not giving up on the God dream in your heart. We, this is why we're better together. This is is why we need each other. This is why we need to be around other people who believe in the same things that we believe in because it helps us not give, come on, helps us not give up because you see other people and you're like, wow, they're going through it, but they got their hands lifted. They're going through it, but they're singing out loud. They might be singing through tears, but they're still singing. 
They might be singing through some junk, but they're still singing. They're, they're people that are listening to you. And we know what happens after this. They're singing, and then all of a sudden, earthquake, right? Walls start shaking. The prison doors fly open. Okay, now we're getting into the dream, right? Now Paul, I bet Paul was sitting there like this, what I'm talking about, baby. Come on. <laughs> Boom, baby. Shouldn't have put me in this prison now. Look what's going on. You know, like now he's like start. now he's really like, oh, this is all. So much so the jailer comes running by and he's like, he's about to kill himself because he's like, I'm sure I've lost all my prisoners. Paul said, don't, don't, no, 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 don't do it. We're all still here. All still here. The jailer's like, gets on his knees. Tell me how to be saved. Who is this God that you're worshiping? Now we're into the dream, right? He takes him home. The jailer's whole family gets saved. Do you understand there wasn't a church in Philippi before this? Oh, can I also say this is just a side note. But there, uh, uh, the church in Philippi was born out of being in prison. Sometimes churches have to go through some stuff to be the church that God's called them to be. Come on, church. Sometimes you got to go through some stuff. Sometimes your family has to go through some stuff to be the family that's called to be. Don't be so surprised that you're going through some suffering because God's bringing you out of that into something beautiful. It's okay. It's not going to last forever. Uh, that's why the, the it says, and at midnight. Well, okay, but the midnight's not going to last forever. We hear this story. I preach this message so many times. I could preach it another 20,000 times because we all need to hear it. But this isn't the whole story. As I was reading through the chapter, I actually missed a bigger picture and a bigger piece of this story. I, I want a church, I want, if you've been around a church for a while, I, I think maybe you've not heard this. But the middle of chapter 16, in the middle of this story, it says that Paul and Silas actually get to Philippi. And they uh, go to verse uh, 12 or 13 here. Yeah, like 12. Yeah, there we go. From there we reached Philippi, major city of the district, Macedonia, and Roman colony, and we stayed there several days. Look at this. On Sabbath, we went a little way outside city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. We sat down to speak to some of the women who were there. Now, look at this. One of them was Lydia from Theatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. She listened to us. The Lord opened her heart. She accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized. So major, major life change here. And she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay in my home. And she urged us until we agreed. Okay. Do you see this here? This one, this piece is what enabled Paul and Silas to actually see God's dream come true. This one piece right here. This woman named Lydia. Pause for any of 
us, or uh, maybe you've heard, oh, the church doesn't really, uh, uh, it doesn't really push uh, women in leadership. Can I just tell you right here? This should show you right now. That is so uh, wrong. Because the church of Jesus Christ was founded on men and women. This businesswoman who owned, l- l- listen, if, if for those of you who maybe don't have some of the background here, she was a merchant in purple cloth. Back then, purple cloth was like, you know, like, I mean, you were making it rain if you were selling purple cloth. I mean, purple cloth, like you, you like purple cloth was what, that, those are only rich of the rich of the rich have purple cloth. And so for her to be a merchant of that, she, she, she had it going on, okay? She was rolling deep. She, she had a household. She, had a, she owned her own home. She had all of this stuff, so much so that she had room for Paul and all of his compatriots. She had all, and she could bankroll them and, do, and so they could do what God had called them to do. And I started reading this and I started understanding that we just don't need to be people who believe in a dream, but we need to be people who back a dream. And that's why we have Heart for the House. That's why we have it every single year. Because it gives us a chance to be people like Lydia who not only believe in the dream but will back a dream. And say, I, I, I want to be a part of what God is doing in this season and in this year. And I want to be a part of what God is I want to back this dream because I believe that God is going to do so many more things. Come on. How many people's lives were changed? by this story of Paul and Silas in jail. Think about this. 10,000? 100,000? A million? How, how many people's lives, how many marriages were saved? How many hearts, come on church, I want you to think, how many lives were saved because of this one story? If you've been in church for any amount of time, you've heard this story preached. How many lives and how many people did, do you think were changed just because of Lydia saying, you come over here, I'll take care of everything? Because she backed a dream. I, I, I'm, I'm believing for our church that there will be more and more Lydia's for this year at Heart for the House than ever before. I'm believing that there are more and more that will say, I'm going to back this dream. I'm going to see things move forward because we do not know what is on the other side of our giving. This, This is why tithing is so important. This is why giving, like, for Heart for the House is so important. But so many times we don't talk about it with vision because sometimes... And I've, I've heard this before. Sometimes pastors feel like they've got an arm twist or they've got to conjole or they've got to get people in just the right kind of attitude because we're talking about money and resources. And, and I just don't think that's true. If I'm up here selling something or feeling like I have to twist our church's arm to do it, guess what? I'm not talking about vision for sure. I'm, I'm more talking about manipulation, and that's not going to help anybody. That's just going to hurt you. It's just going to make your heart twisted, and you're going to be giving out of obligation instead of giving out, giving out of worship. Come on, church. So we're, we're, we're talking about how it, it, it's like this. If you had a birthday, 
and somebody came to you and threw a birthday present at you, said, here you go, I got to do this because it's your birthday. So way to be born. All right. Happy, happy birthday. You know, I got to do this because uh, that's what we do at birthdays. Well, there you go. Wouldn't you be like, dude, keep, keep the $20 gift certificate. I'm good. Right? This is why God says he loves a cheerful giver, not a grumpy giver. So anybody giving out of obligation, God doesn't want your checkbook and doesn't want your bank account. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. That's what he wants. That's why we call this heart for the house. Okay, God, I'm, I'm, I got a heart for what you're doing here at my church and what you want to do. And I believe that you're going to do. I'm believing in that dream and that vision of more and more people coming to know you. I'm believing in that vision and the dream of more marriages coming together. Come on, church. I'm believing in that vision of more people coming together and families coming together like never before. I'm believing for more people to find their purpose in their life and not uh, drown their sorrows in depression and anxiety anymore. I'm believing for people to leave anger by the wayside and not be run by uh, all of these other emotions. I'm believing for people to actually be the best person that God has called them to be in and to leave those other addictions uh, away and down. I'm believing for people to let heaven invade their thinking and heaven invade their family and heaven invade their job and that God can actually bring. I'm going to stop being so mad at the dark and, and ask the light to be light because that's where God can actually shine forth his goodness and his grace. I still believe mercy works. I still believe grace works. I still believe faith works. I still believe hope works. I still believe that God has a plan and a purpose. I still believe even though it might have felt like that dream got a little dim, I'm reminded again that God hasn't given up and that God has everything that we need to see God move forward in this world. I believe it. I think some of us have just have bent our ear a little too much towards culture and not bent our ear towards this thing and seeing the people who still believe in God's dream that God will use them. Well, I don't have a lot. I know we're going to do this offering. I don't have, listen, God doesn't need your amount. He needs your availability. Because he took two fish, five loaves, and just and, and made a golden corral out of the whole thing. Is there a golden corral even around anymore? Or is it, if you, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, I look at this and just, and, and just I, I want to remind us all again. Let, let's back vision. Let's, let's not just believe it. Oh, oh, I believe it. No, no, no. no we, we don't. God doesn't want our golf claps. God wants all our heart. And this is what Heart for the House gives us the ability to do, is to connect our heart and connect our, our life to God's vision. Because we don't know. I love that story that we just saw with 
Operation Christmas Child. What happens with one shoebox? Right? Come on. What, ha- what happens with one gift? There are some of you right now, God is already starting to speak to your heart about what to give at Heart for the House. And it excites you and scares you all at the same time. And I would ask you to be that Lydia who, what the Bible says, she urged them. They didn't urge her. So if you feel like you have to be cajoled or pushed into something, I I don't even know if that's the right space to give. I think the right heart space to give is I can't wait. I can't wait to give this. I've been praying about it for a while. Oh, it it scares the pants off me, but I'm, I'm excited about it. Please keep your pants on. But I, I am so excited. That, that's the heart. That's it. That's the heart. That's, well, that's what God's asking for us. I'm so excited about these next couple of weeks. I'm so excited for the future of our church. I'm so excited for the new people that are going to be part of our church. I'm so excited for the people that aren't here yet. Come on, can we be more excited about the people that aren't here yet? that are going to be here because of the, because we got Lydia's in the room that are like, I'm going to back this dream. I'm just not believing in it. I'm going to back this dream. I remember when I was young um, and I had hair. It was awesome. And uh, my, um, my dad and mom were like, okay, we're going to start a church with some other families. I didn't really know what that meant. I, I just thought, okay, cool. Then I started realizing that, oh, we're starting it at our house. So, like, Saturday night stunk because we had to clean up so good and, like, set up all the chairs and all this stuff. And, I, I, you, know, but I, you know, I was like, okay, cool. We don't have to go anywhere for church. That's awesome. It's just right here. And um, I remember uh, my dad talking about, hey, I, I really feel like we're, uh, supposed to do something to give to see this church become a reality. And I won't get into all the details of all because my dad remembers all of it, but um, I, I remember that he had this really cool car uh, that was like, it was a 1960s Ford Starliner. I still remember it. I, it was black and awesome and just looked so cool. In fact, there's a picture of what it looked I mean, it was awesome. And also told me, he's like, when you get older, this will be your car. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go so fast. You know, and just, I was like, that's so cool. And uh, I remember my dad saying, I feel like we're supposed to sell it and give all that money to the church to see the church start. And I didn't know what kind of big deal that was at the time. I just thought, oh, well, okay, I guess it's not going to be my car. Awesome. And I was pretty young. I was still, I was probably 10. I, I don't remember. But what I do remember is that because of that, 
uh, a pastor was able to come. And he started talking about vision and having a bigger vision for your life. And I heard about a, a college in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma that I'd never heard about before. And so I went there to ORU before I ever even, like, no one ever talked about that in my small, dinky town in Illinois. It changed my life. I became, I, 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 that's where I felt called to be a pastor for the very first time. My sister moved here. Uh, I, I, I got to, I, I have um, been pastoring for over 20 years. And I, I can't tell you the amount of people that have been affected by God's mercy and by God's grace by one act of selling a car. And I was telling my dad, I was like, if you didn't sell that car, probably now I would have a, a really cool car and a dumpy life. You don't know. Come on. You don't know what's on the other side of your gift. We don't know. We don't, why do you think the enemy is fighting so hard for you to not give to vision? Because every gift towards vision is a loss in his column and a win in heavens. And so I'm praying this morning. Come on, let's stand to our feet. I'm praying this morning that our vision gets bigger. I'm praying that uh, hope gets bigger. I'm praying that faith in this room gets bigger. I'm praying that uh, for all of us, maybe some of you who are here, uh, maybe you've just been going to the church for a couple months, this is your time to really, like, put down the roots and say, this is not just a church that I go to. This is my church. This is where God has called me and my family. This is my church. And vision would fill your life. And, and, and so you start feeling this over and over again. I can't, I'm excited to back a dream. I'm excited to back a vision. Do you know, come on, do you know this is where the church at Philippi started? This is how it started. And everybody would look at it, oh, Paul started the church. Yeah, he started the church. Lydia made it happen. Lydia made it happen. How many of us have been affected by just the book to the Philippians? Wouldn't have been written if it wasn't for somebody who was like, you come stay at our, I, I, I'll take care of everything. I got it. Come on, let's lift our hands up to God. Father, help us. Help us to have bigger vision than what we see now. Help us, God, to let heaven invade earth. Help us. God, to see what you have, what you see so beautifully already. God, help us to have bigger vision again. Help us to dream again. Help us to dream past what we have into what you want to see.